Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh yeah! A weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and Partners. Covering all things FinTech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hey everybody, Mason Khan here, and thank you for tuning in to another fantastical episode of the Fintech Friday podcast. Uh, just before we do jump right into this week's episode, just want to say that as of now, we are almost sold out for the event that is going to be happening on later on next week on April 3rd and 4th uh, for FFCon 19. Uh, if you haven't grabbed your tickets already, I highly encourage that you do so. Um, it's going to be a great event. I mean, I'm really excited to see some of the talks i'm really excited to see some of the speakers that are going to be there we got some really really heavy hitters coming for this event so it should be really fun and exciting and i might even do a live podcast um which should be really fun so yeah i'm super excited to see everybody that did grab tickets at the event and if you haven't i'm pretty sure i'm gonna definitely see you on the next one and with that without any further ado enjoy episode 30 with andre the ceo of coinberry so for the five or six people that may not have been privy to your ads like I have in the past, uh, could you just give us a little bit more of essentially what Coinberry is and a little bit of your background? Because you have a really interesting background. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Coinberry is a FinTech registered um, cryptocurrency trading platform based out of uh, Toronto. And um, basically our whole philosophy and our goal is to break down the barriers of entry that exist. Uh, in, in for, for people when they would like to participate in the cryptocurrency space, if they want to buy or they want to sell cryptocurrency in a safe, secure uh, manner. So that's what, uh, that's what we're about here, Coinberry. The company was founded in uh, 2017, and uh, throughout the last uh, about a year and a half that we've been in operations, we've uh, put out some, uh, what I think are you know, amazing, um, you know, amazing technology. We have a, uh, you know, the platforms available on the web, it's available on Android and on Apple. Um, and uh, you're able to very easily and seamlessly trade uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, the three main cryptocurrencies, basically instantaneously. I mean, from uh, the point of actually, you know, signing up to being able to purchase your first Bitcoin, um, you know, I mean, you can do it as, as little as uh, just under five minutes, um, which is amazing because you can you can buy with a credit card, you can buy with an e-transfer. Um, if you want to do large amounts, you can uh, use uh, you know send a wire. So yeah, that's what we try to do. We try to make it very easy, very secure for Canadians. To participate in the cryptocurrency space, uh, which we think is the future of finance. I'm going to touch back on the fact when you said secure, just to dig a little bit more into your background. I mean, if you go into your LinkedIn and you go through some of the past companies you work with, you pretty much went from working at L'Oreal to Volvo to now crypto, which is a very, very interesting career path. I mean, could you tell us a little bit of how you got into crypto? Why you got into crypto? I mean, was it a buddy of yours that like, that like, that like through lunch there's, say an email? There's always that buddy, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because like it, it's such a very common story. Or you could even have a completely different one. Who knows, right? Like, I'm just curious of like, how the heck did you go from there to now here? Yeah, how do I get from the corporate world? Um, okay, so my background is I uh, I finished electrical engineering at U of T, um, and then I worked in the field of um, basically systems and, and algorithm design for, for a couple of years. So, I mean, my LinkedIn isn't uh, like full, fully detailed for what I did prior to Coinbase, but that's what I did for a couple of years after I finished um, UFT. And then I went actually back to school and I got my MBA at Schulich at York University because um, I, I always wanted to sort of combine my technical knowledge and, uh, you know, my love of business in one. And so I figured, you know, getting an MBA would be a good way to segue into that. 
So once I graduated from from Schulich, I actually ended up moving out to Montreal. I was newly married and wanted to move out of Toronto. So lived there for, for a number of years, seven years in total. I ended up working in the corporate world there for a bit. Uh, like you mentioned, a couple of companies there that I that I joined. Always had projects that I was involved with on the side. I mean, I I had an entrepreneurial streak since I was like 12 years old. Uh, you know, selling uh, like apples and oranges from my grandma's orchard on the street, kind of thing, and then like opening a lemonade stand. So I always I was I always loved um, you know entrepreneurial projects. So I always had projects on the side I was involved with. Um, at one point in time, I was, I was actually I had a startup that um, I actually ended up doing relatively well. Uh, we were exporting um, projects from Canada into um, into Eastern Europe, um, and then you know startup some some workouts, some don't, and uh, so anyway that folded after a, a little while. And uh, and I was looking for a project to get involved with because again, I mean, uh, the corporate world offers a lot of um, opportunity, a lot of stability, but it also lacks a lot of a lot of this like really you know the passion that drives startups. The the endless nights that people love, you know, uh, that totally does not exist in the corporate world. So I was looking for a project to uh, to join, and uh, a friend of mine, one of the co-founders of Coinberry, Evan Kuhn, um, whom I've known for decades, um, introduced me to to Bitcoin. And um, actually, funny anecdote: the way that happened is uh, early 2017. Uh, we were uh, so, like I said, me and him have been friends for a very long time. We were all down on Florida for a bachelor party, and we had friends that came in from uh, different parts of the world. We had friends from the U.S. that were there, Canadians that flew down, friends from Europe that all came down for the for the trip. And at the end of the trip, we all had to settle our uh, you know internal tabs, like what usually happens when a bunch of you know friends travel. And there was a problem that arose, and that people had different currencies. You know, some people had access to their European bank accounts, some people had access to their Canadian bank accounts, but there was no way to actually settle within this group of friends that were, you know, in one location at, at this point in time. And so, so Evan, my friend, he, he suggested that we all actually, you know, purchase uh, Bitcoin and, and, and settle internally that way, which um, I don't actually remember if we ended up doing that that night or not, but the fact that this new technology can be used you know, there's a use case, which is, you know, a very simple one, but it kind of made me think uh, and, and start looking at the technology and at cryptocurrency and blockchain more in much more depth. Um, so fast forward about four or five months later, you know, I was on a call with, with Evan and, and, and we were discussing that, you know, there's, there's, there's an opportunity here for us to really, you know, start a, a, a viable business. And there was a big problem that existed in the space and it exists now in that you have a lot of people that are, you know, opening companies in cryptocurrency that are they're not doing it right. They're not doing it in, in, in a uh, sort of a strategic uh, success, you know, uh, manner prone to success. It's, just, it's a lot of fly-by-nights. We'll, you know, we see what happened with Quadriga. People that are just basically fraudsters. And uh, so so this was a lack in the space of, of a simple system that's, trust, uh, you know, that's trustworthy, that has actual professionals behind it, people with experience, and not just randomly, um, you know, uh, some kid who just decides to sell crypto on the side, which, I mean, I have no problem with people doing that too, if that's your thing. But for me personally, we saw an opportunity to create a business that actually lends itself to, um, to mass, uh, you know, to, to, to the masses that uh, we believe uh, will inevitably look to participate in the current cryptocurrency space. Uh, and so that's how the story of Coinberry came around. Um, you know, with, with that sort of philosophy and, uh, and uh, that history.
that's uh it's kind of i'm just like mentally picturing you guys just scrambling trying to like settle up you're like oh, crap i don't wait how but many you know what i mean right i mean you, yeah, i'm yeah, sure you sure. On, on road trips as well you it's it doesn't hit you until you face that problem and um and like i said you know previously i was in the in the sort of international trade space and i realized that you know, the pains that exist when you look at international trade and settling international debt and paying for international shipments um, using the, you know, the current rails that exist using the SWIFT system. I mean, it is so painful. It is so slow and it's so expensive that uh, I am, to be completely honest with you, I'm amazed that even right now still um, you don't see a, a, a huge demand for you know, or let me let me rephrase that: a much bigger demand for settling debt internationally, um, in in you know in, in international trade using cryptocurrencies. Because there's, there's I mean, I, opportunities I, there. I think I mean you, I mean you bring up a good point. I, I think there will be because like I think more and more people are starting to realize how, like 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 you mentioned, how slow the whole Swift uh, system is and the process is, and like how I mean some might even say outdated. Um, mm. Because like all, all all cryptocurrency and I mean especially blockchain, what it really is doing is shedding a light in just the inefficiencies and like the lag and just in all these systems that we now trust and all these systems that we now have currently in place. All it really is is like, hey, look, these are the vulnerabilities. This is how slow it is. This is how inefficient it is um, with our stuff or with what we hope to do with our stuff. It's just only going to speed up the process, right? So I mean, mm. in the future, like heck, it might not even like. Like yeah, like paying up, paying up your international debt through cryptocurrency, like that would be an amazing, crap, that'd be an amazing add-on to have, right? Especially if mm. you know you might in the future go back into international um, shipping and, and what may have you. Like that'd be, it'd be it's it's interesting conversation for sure. Yeah, no, I don't think I'll be going anywhere. Uh, yeah, or <laughs> a and this is just uh, it, it's so much fun, and, and we're doing so much. I mean, we've achieved so much over over the last year and a half. That I mean, it's incredible. And I'm very fortunate to work with a team that's super dedicated and um, like, like we're all aligned here and uh, I'm just, I'm excited, you know, for some of the stuff we have coming out, not only in the like short term future, but long term as well. I mean, it's just a, the sky is your, uh, is your limit. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I absolutely agree with you. So, I mean, you, you briefly touched on security and Korjika. I mean, could you just, I mean, for the audience, give us a little rundown of what does this mean for Canadian, for the very small Canadian cryptocurrency market? And what does this mean for pretty much Canadians that either are thinking of investing or have invested uh, in cryptocurrencies? So I think overall what happened with Kudriga and, uh, you know, the bankruptcy proceedings are currently ongoing, the loss of keys in general overall is, of course, a very sad occurrence. I mean, nobody's going to deny that. You know, some people lost their life savings. Uh, I was reading a story on uh, uh, recently about some developer who, 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 you know, lost half a million dollars in in Quadriga, which is very unfortunate. Um, so I, I think not, not to minimize the impact of what happened with Quadriga, but I do think that overall, in the long term, what happened is is going to lead to some positive change. Um, first and foremost, I think we're going to see some regulation come in, which is going to weed out, you know, basically the fly-by-night operations that exist in the space. And, and, that's, and it's, it's kind of ironic when we talk about regulation and cryptocurrency in one sentence because, you know, the initial, um, the sort of the initial, you know, background story of the, 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 the true believers in cryptocurrency are, of course, anti, um, you know, any sort of involvement of any third parties with anything that has to do with cryptocurrency. But I think when you start applying 
looking um, or you start looking at how things actually unfold in the real world. Um, the, uh, I personally believe that some degree of um, of regulation of oversight is required because you do have situations where, where people are taken advantage of. Um, and this exists in every industry. It, this is not, you know, uh, only in cryptocurrencies. I mean, if you look at, you look at, you know, the, the currency used the most in the world for, you know, money laundering is not Bitcoin by far. It's the US dollar, right? So um, it, this exists in any space, in any industry. But that being said, just because that's the case doesn't mean that we should not look at taking care of, um, you know, consumers, especially unsophisticated consumers um, in, in Canada. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I do think it's going to take some time for people to feel comfortable again and to be able to actually trust the platforms that do exist. If you look at all the conversations that are currently taking place on Reddit, and there's a ton of conversations taking place on Reddit, people are looking, people are discussing, you know, trust the platforms that um, that they can join. And, and I mean, for us at Coinberry, what happened with Quadriga is, I don't want to say it's a good thing, uh, but there are a lot of people looking for new platforms that they would like to use. And, and Coinberry being, you know, one of the, you know, one of the few trusted platforms in Canada, of course, we're seeing an influx of users and, you know, surge in volume. Um, so is it unfortunate what happened? Absolutely. Was it avoidable? I believe so. Are we going to get over it? Of course, I think in the long term and even in the medium term, we're going to get over it. I mean, look what happened to Mount Docs. You know, it, it was a hit to the industry, but by no means was it a fatal blow, right? So I think people are going to live and learn and, and move on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, like harping on the whole Mount Gox thing. I mean, like at the time, it was like it was the most devastating thing that had ever happened. But now in hindsight, it's like, okay, cool. Like the market is just, it's volatile because like we're still figuring things out. It's fine. It's just like a. Plus, like, if you look, if you compare the amount of money that, or, or the amount of crypto that was uh, lost um, during the whole Mount Gox thing, and now with uh, with Quadriga, it's. I mean, Quadriga wasn't. It's not that comparable. Yeah, that that that's very true. But I meant like in in the sense of like when it when it when you when you take the comparison of Mount Gox of like. Oh, like no one's ever gonna invest in this thing again. Like it's dead. Like, like you know, like was buried. Like that, that kind of like mentality. Uh, like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's why when we, you know, when when I got involved with Coinbase, I mean, like I, you know, I left a very cushy uh, corporate job. Um, and when I when I came on board, my uh, the idea and the philosophy which we had from day one was to build a business that's you know fully compliant above board with, you know, with with supportive banking and and to go about it actually building a viable business with with you know long-term potential for success and building value and that's proven to be the absolute right decision because even though of course you know has it slowed us down you know compared to some other players that have cut corners absolutely there's no doubt about it but was it the right decision in the long term totally because look what happened this is this is what happens when you cut corners you have you get quadriga happen no i mean i i absolutely agree with you i mean um like what like what you mentioned before, is this all? I mean, is is this what crypto is all about? Is this what the whole thing is about? The crypto, from its birth, was was been very anti-establishment, very anti, you know, no no government regulations, no bank, like decentralize everything. Like we we can do this on our own. Uh, little little renegades, little 
an anarchy vibe, but um, the, the fact that you guys are actually going through regulations, you guys are actually going through the right channels and working with the current systems that are in place now. I mean, that speaks volumes into anybody that's, that's trying to get into crypto. That's either, you know, trying to be an investor or are aspiring to do something that you guys are doing. It's the only way to build a viable business and, and a business that can grow outside of just Canada. Cause I mean, the Canadian market is great. Um, and you know, we're very proud to be based out of Toronto and to be a Canadian company, but there's a, there's a, you know, big world out there that has, you know, is facing the same problems that, that Canada is facing. And, we were able to solve this problem here. So, you know, we, we're very excited to, to see if we can solve this problem outside of, uh, you know, of Canada and in the U.S. and Europe and Asia and Latin America. Because, again, I mean, if you look at the actual product we build, which, again, is absolutely amazing in a year and a half, what you achieve if you put your mind to it and you pretty much work 24-7. Because the product is world-class right now and I'm really proud of it. And, and I hope, you know, that, and we get really good positive feedback from users that are using it. So, you know, it really makes the whole team here proud and everybody happy. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you. I mean, the fact that you guys actually went so fast in a year, what has, I guess, like, what has been your biggest challenge and, like, subsequent to that question, what, what has been, like, your favorite failure building, building Coinberry? So I think the biggest challenge is, unfortunately, out of our control, more or less, and that's the general market sentiment. You know, with Bitcoin flying up to uh, you know almost twenty five thousand Canadian dollars last, last uh, you know December two thousand seventeen, wasn't a healthy thing for anybody. It wasn't healthy for the industry. It wasn't healthy for the investors. And uh, with, you know the fall that that happened afterwards, it hasn't really helped the industry as a whole. I I personally would have preferred it if we if we saw a more uh, healthy. Uh, gradual rise, uh, you know, in Bitcoin prices versus what we actually saw. But it is what it is. And, you know, the whole industry is living through, you know, the current bear market. And of course, it doesn't make things uh, easier. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier when it's top of mind for everybody and everybody's talking about it. And everybody wants to get into it. But again, we have a great product. So we're personally, at, like as a company, we're growing month over month, which is amazing in this market. But could we be growing faster? Yeah, I think if, you know, if we, if we had the product we have now, uh, back, you know, mid 2017, we, we would be on top of the world right now. So that, you know, the, the general market conditions, I think is the biggest challenge for us. And, uh, one of our failures. So I think something that we discuss quite, quite a bit, you know, here between, um, Evan and myself, who is, who's the other co-founder of the company is we went to market, I think a bit too early at the beginning, um, with a product that wasn't as, um, complete as it is now. Um, and I think if I, you know, if I had to, if I had a, a magic wand, I would go back and just hold off a little bit on, on going to market um, until we were, we were, you know, we had a product which was more complete. Um, because what we have now is just, as I said, it's world class. And uh, anyway, but I mean, you know, you live, you learn. And uh, we were very excited to go to market with whatever we had at the time. And, you know, there was some, some pitfalls, some mistakes we made, some, you know, feedback from users that, we had to take into account and fine tune, um, which kind of you know brought us to where we are now. But knowing what we know now, I would go back and and just hold off a little bit, a couple of months more, maybe half a year more, and uh, and go to market with a with a more complete product uh, than 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 what we actually did back like a year ago. So aside from the, I mean, what's what's kind of going in the crypto space? I mean, what else are you excited about? What else do you have your eye on um, in 2019 that you're very excited about? I mean. Um, some of the answers yeah. 
to give to give you an idea, I mean, like some of the answers have been um, like what's going on in insurance right now. It's, it's very exciting. What's going on in medicine right now. It's very exciting, uh, especially the like the the blockchain integration in insurance and medicine. It's very exciting. I mean, like, again, what is you, Andre, the CEO of uh, Coinberry? What are you excited about in the in the space? Yeah, so I mean, what we have right now is we have um, a bunch of projects we're working with, um, with companies even outside crypto, um, which I'm super excited about because it shows, first of all, the fact that the industry is maturing and is becoming more accepted by um, other fintechs in the space, you know, with, with other financial companies in general. Um, and that to me is, is super exciting because, you know, in and itself, like trading crypto is fun and it's a great way to make money for people that know how to do it right. But it's one of, it's one of many, many, many applications of blockchain in the world, but even specifically within finance. So um, that, you know, to me, that's really exciting is to see the, you know, sort of blockchain and uh, to a certain extent, even crypto applied to other to, to, to solve problems that exist in, um, you know, in banking that exist in finance above and beyond simply, you know, trading and speculating on the price of Bitcoin, you know, today versus tomorrow kind of thing. Um, so that to me is super excited. And, and you guys are going to see um, some really amazing projects that we're going to be coming out with Coinbase. I can't say what it is yet, but um, in April, uh, um, it's just going to be that, you know, we have partnerships that are first in Canada and uh, it, it'll definitely make the news when it comes out. So super, super excited about that. Okay, crap. I was going to, I was going to push for that. I'm like, Oh, could you like talk a little bit about all the projects that you have working on? But <laughs> well, when is, when is, when is the, when is it going live? The podcast? Um, most, um, possibly next week, if anything. Yeah. No, it's early for next week. <laughs> but you know, what we could do is, uh, when we are ready to go live, I'll go, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you'd like to invite us again, I can actually go on the podcast together with the CEO of Done. the company that Done. we are partnering with Done. and we'll announce it and, uh, you know, that'll be, that'll be the best way to go about it. Done. There you go. All right. Put a, everyone, everyone put a pin in that, quote him on that and uh, hit, hit him again <laughs> in April. Hit him again in April so he doesn't forget. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, just to, well, that's, to no, but you know that's what, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you know, no. that's what's amazing about the space is that literally you can like the world is your oyster. You can go and, and, and knock on any door and say, Hey, um, you know, we have this amazing product. We have this amazing, um, you know, technology that we built and, and I mean specifically what Coinbase is, but then there's also the bigger application of blockchain and, you know, and people listen and people, are excited and interested, and regardless of the, you know what what's being said in the news, regardless of the price of you know coin at point in time, I don't think there's any individual right now who doesn't appreciate the potential of what can you know what what can be achieved with blockchain. So there's a lot of opportunities that exist in the space right now. No, again, I absolutely agree with you. The fact that like, like yeah, aside from aside from what a lot of uh, a lot of media outlets are saying about like the price and like. Um, I guess all the negative, all the negative news around it. I mean, if you actually like sit down and actually, you know, go into like one of the, like, like into your medium page, into your, I mean, you guys have, like, you guys are have your own like a little blog talking about like security options. Like just like, if you just honestly sit down and actually just really look into the actual applications of blockchain and crypto and everything, like the world really is your oyster and it just opens up so many more opportunities and then some, and like so many more opportunities that like we haven't even like fathomed yet because that's how massive of an impact 
this is this is this is bringing on really and if you think about it like i mean like you and i are a little bit younger right so um so you know there, there was you know like take our parents yeah. they lived in the world with no internet right and then oh, the yeah. internet and okay i mean I, I don't know how old you are but i mean i, I remember when i was a kid there yeah. was no internet. but you know when i turned like 10ish i think eight, like maybe 10 11 that's it like that was the internet that was being around since i was 10 there is kids now that are born that crypto has been around their whole life like they don't know a life where or you know a world where there was no blockchain uh, where there was no bitcoin so imagine the solutions they're going to come up with when they grow up they're going to blow out you know out of the water whatever we come up with now and that's what's super exciting um and i think people forget that it's like there's been a there's been a change in um you know in, in to a certain degree in technology um and the generations that you know that are growing up right now, they're going to take this to you know to the stratosphere, which is the most exciting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited to see um, just the applications of what they kind of come up with because, like, like you mentioned, like they're actually growing up in this, right? Like, I'm I'm only 23. Like, I remember I remember like as I mean, my little brother in law's age of like going outside, having fun, like fooling around. Now these guys are like learning and like watching all these videos. Like, they have, they have such a, a massive access to information where like. Yeah, no, they could literally do anything and everything. And they can because they have the tools to do that. Exactly. Yeah, no. It's... You, got, you got kids now like coding, you know, Ethereum smart contracts. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> but, for sure. For sure. What, what, you know, this kid, another 10 years, he's, he's going to be, I don't know what he's going to be doing, but it's going to, what we're doing now is going to pale in comparison to, you know. Heck, yeah, he could be even getting contracted out of like one of these law firms and just kind of like, hey, can you like build that one? Like, yeah, no problem. Easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so, no, I think it's like the industry is super exciting. And, you know, the short term price volatility. I mean, first of all, Coinberry is in the business of buying and selling cryptocurrency. So for us, pricing makes no no difference whatsoever, whether Bitcoin is 25000 or $20. doesn't matter. We provide a service to people. And as long as people are, you know, are, are looking to transact in, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, we're in business. So price in itself, even for the business model we have is relevant. But to me personally, price is also relevant because it's, it's such a short-term aspect of, of the growth of a, of a new industry. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it does not matter. What matters is the services, the tools, the technologies that are going to be built um, you know, using, using blockchain. That, that's what really is going to change and revolutionize um, you know, society as a whole, I think, eventually. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that'd be a good, good place to... <laughs> to wrap so uh what would be the best way for the audience uh anybody want to tr- buy and trade crypto uh best way to contact you guys at coinberry or you personally would it be through snapchat email like fire signal i mean carrier pigeon yeah uh, um raven like what best way to you guys yeah, no, the care pigeon usually works. No, I mean, anybody in Toronto is welcome to visit our office. Uh, you know, we're located at 320 Davenport. So, so, you know, feel free to stop by. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us on social media, you know, we're on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I mean, we are everywhere and anywhere. And when it comes to social media, um, we're available on, online as well, www.coinberry.com, C-O-I-N-B-E-R-R-Y.com. And uh, also you can download our apps on the, on the App Store or on the Play Store. Just look for Coinberry. Awesome. Andre, thank you so much for sitting out with me today. Thank you so much for tuning into FinTech Fridays. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. 
for iTunes. If you could leave us a five-star rating and a review, that would mean the absolute world to us. And it gives me a better understanding of essentially what your thoughts are. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to email us at info at ncfacanada.org. You've been listening to Fintech Fridays, brought to you by NCFA and Partners. Tune in weekly for the latest Fintech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.